Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of March 3. In the news, despite the ICJ ruling ordering Azerbaijan to ensure free movement, the Lachin Corridor still remains blockaded. Azerbaijan violates the ceasefire in Artsakh three times this week. And Germany's chancellor advocates for a peaceful resolution that respects the right to self-determination for the people of Artsakh. Over a week has passed since the International Court of Justice ruling ordering Azerbaijan to ensure free movement along the Lachin Corridor, but Artsakh continues to remain under blockade. The only road connecting Artsakh to Armenia and the outside world has been closed for 82 days now. On March 1, the command of the Russian peacekeeping mission in Artsakh facilitated a meeting between the representatives of Artsakh and Azerbaijan. The resumption of unimpeded transportation through the Lachin Corridor and the use of the corridor for intended purposes was discussed during that meeting. The sides also discussed the unrestricted supply of gas and electricity to Artsakh, the possibility of Azerbaijani representatives conducting monitoring in the Kashen and Dirambon mines was also touched upon. The sides had also met over the past weekend. During the talks, the Azerbaijani side was represented by parliament member Ramin Mamadov. The representative from the Arsakh side was Security Council Secretary Sanvel Sharamian. While the Arsakh authorities say that the status of Nagorno-Karabakh was not discussed during the meeting, Baku presented the talks with Arsakh authorities as the reintegration of the Armenian population of Arsakh into Azerbaijani society. Regarding the meeting of the sides, EU Special Representative to the South Caucasus, Toivo Klar, tweeted, Encouraging news from Khojali, Ivanian, near the Stepanagert airport today regarding contacts between Baku representatives and Karapakh Armenians. Good that discussions appear to have focused both on immediate concerns and broader issues, he said. This week, Artsakh's authorities reported three ceasefire violations by Azerbaijan. Early this morning, as well as yesterday, Azerbaijani forces violated the ceasefire in the regions of Askeran, Martagert, and Marduni with the use of small arms. No casualties were reported, and the Russian peacekeeping contingent has been notified of the violations. On March 1, Artsakh's Ministry of Internal Affairs reported that Azerbaijani armed forces had opened fire at a farmer carrying out agricultural work in the Marduni region, a similar incident had taken place on February 28. On March 1, during a cabinet meeting, Artsakh President Aray Harutunyan presented the newly appointed State Minister Gurgen Nersesyan to the government. Harutunyan stated that the State Minister will have a wider range of powers. All ministries except the Foreign Ministry, Defense Ministry, and the Ministry of Internal Affairs will operate under his oversight. He will have the freedom to develop and conduct personnel policies within the scope of his jurisdiction. The chairmanship of the Board of Trustees of the Artsakh Investment Fund and the Village and Agriculture Support Fund will also be transferred to Gurgen Nersisyan. As a reminder, Ruben Vartanian was dismissed from his position of state minister last week. And this week, Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, made several statements during his visit to Azerbaijan concerning Armenia and Artsakh. The visit was dedicated to the one-year anniversary of the strategic partnership signed between Moscow and Baku on February 22, 2022, one day before Russia invaded Ukraine. And speaking about the Lachin Corridor, at a press conference with his Azerbaijani counterpart, Lavrov stated that the operation of the Lachin Corridor must fully comply with the tripartite statement of November 9, 2020, which means the need to ensure the free movement of exclusively civilian and humanitarian cargo as well as civilians. According to the Russian foreign minister, there is no provision for the creation of any checkpoints on the corridor, but it is possible to use 
Okay, so he used this term technical means to instill confidence that the corridor is really being used for its intended purpose. And while this may sound vague, they were alluding to the fact that the Russian side can use scanners, but it was not said explicitly. And speaking about the situation in the South Caucasus, Lavrov said that Moscow is interested in a peaceful, stable, and prosperous region. He went on to say that Russia has nothing against other parties helping to resolve all issues in the region, above all reaching agreements on peace treaties with the understanding that this will be done sincerely, proceeding from an interest in establishing a lasting peace and providing conditions for the further development of all peoples. He added, however, that sometimes it seems that a number of external players are not guided by these goals and consider the situation as a pretext for ongoing geopolitical games that are not in the interests of the general region, but rather are in their own narrow interests. And commenting on Armenia's refusal to participate in a trilateral meeting of the foreign ministers in Moscow back in December of 2022, Lavrov said that Moscow stands ready to facilitate a meeting anytime. The Armenian side stated that it does not object, but so far does not give a final consent. I do not think that we will be too persistent in offering our services, said Lavrov, but they are well known to both. On March 1, during a Q&A session at Parliament, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan said that Armenia has delivered a draft of the operational regulation of the Armenia-Azerbaijan Border Demarcation Commission to Azerbaijan, adding that the Armenia side is waiting for a response. Pashinyan also stated that Yerevan has delivered its version of the peace treaty to Baku. Earlier this week, Parliament Speaker Arlen Simonian told reporters that Armenia and Azerbaijan have disagreements regarding several points of the peace treaty, but that there are also points that the sides agree on. And also this week, Azerbaijan's foreign minister, Jehun Bayramov, stated that Armenia and Azerbaijan are conducting what he called online diplomacy. He said that although there are no face-to-face meetings at the moment, the Azerbaijani side um, does not refuse to receive and send comments. Uh, do we consider this the most productive method of communication in discussing the draft peace treaty? I don't think so, Bayramov said. And Azerbaijan also filed an interstate arbitration against Armenia under the Energy Charter Treaty, demanding financial compensation for, quote, Armenia's violation of Azerbaijan's sovereign rights over the energy resources during Armenia's nearly 30-year illegal occupation of Azerbaijan's territory from 1991 to 2020, end of quote. In response, Armenia's representative on international legal matters, Yerisha Giragosian, expressed regret and said that Azerbaijan is a attempting to further its public relations agenda through initiating an arbitration under the ECT, the Energy Charter Treaty. Azerbaijan's claims considering the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict have nothing to do with the ECT's obligations pertaining to investment and trade in the energy sector. Prime Minister Pashinyan is in Germany for a working visit this week. Yesterday, he met with German Chancellor Olaf Scholz. During a joint press conference following a closed-door meeting, the German Chancellor said that they had a very good and and intensive exchange of ideas about deepening bilateral relations. He expressed readiness to continue helping Armenia on its path to reforms. We took an important step last year. Germany resumed development cooperation with Armenia, said Schultz. The German chancellor also noted that Germany is concerned about the instability on the border of Armenia and Azerbaijan and the worsening humanitarian situation.
situation in Nagorno-Karabakh because of the blockade, he went on to say that the status quo cannot continue and a long-term solution should be achieved. In this regard, it is necessary to reach a peaceful settlement from the point of view of the territorial integrity of Armenia and Azerbaijan, as well as the self-determination of the citizens of Nagorno-Karabakh. Moreover, all these principles are equal, he said. Pashinya stated that Armenia-Germany relations are actively developing both bilaterally and multilaterally. Armenia-Germany trade and economic cooperation were also discussed during the meeting, according to Pashinyan. Yerevan places great importance on the inclusion of Armenia as a bilateral partner within the BMZ 2030 reform strategy of the German Ministry of Economic Development and Cooperation, which provides an excellent opportunity to ensure the stable continuity of current reforms and programs in Armenia. The leaders also discussed activities of the German International Cooperation Agencies, GIZ and KFW, in Armenia, and Pashinyan also met the German president today as well. This week, Foreign Minister Mirzoyan was in Geneva to participate in the 52nd session of the UN Human Rights Council. In his speech during the session, Mirzoyan touched upon the ongoing blockade of the Lachin Corridor and the resulting humanitarian crisis in Artsakh. He stated that the protection of the human rights of the people of Artsakh has been continuously overlooked. While we can appreciate the gravity of the situation elsewhere because of other conflicts and crises, there cannot be any hierarchies of suffering based on geopolitical considerations and interests, Mirzoyan said. Mirzoyan went on to say that Azerbaijan continues to breach principles of international human rights law and international humanitarian law. He called Azerbaijan's blockade of the Lachin Corridor and the disruption in gas and electricity supply a creeping ethnic cleansing in the making. Mirzoyan also stressed that despite the binding nature of the International Court of Justice order calling on Azerbaijan to ensure free movement through the Lachin Corridor, Baku has not complied with it yet. In Geneva, Mirzoyan also held several meetings with top officials, including with his Iranian counterpart, Hossein Amir Abdullayan. During the meeting, the Iranian foreign minister reiterated Iran's Opposition to geopolitical changes in the borders of regional countries, the foreign ministers discussed bilateral cooperation between the two countries. Currently, Foreign Minister Mizun is in India to participate in the Conference on Geopolitics and Geoeconomics, Raizina Dialogue. In the framework of the conference, he will participate in a panel discussion as a speaker and will also hold meetings. Armenia's foreign ministry reported that Mirzoyan and Lavrov met on the sidelines of the conference in New Delhi. The foreign ministers discussed topics in the Armenia-Russia bilateral agenda, regional issues including the Armenia-Azerbaijan normalization process were also discussed. In New Delhi, Mirzoyan also met Joseph Borrell, the high representative of the European Union for Foreign Affairs and Security Policy, the crisis in Nagorno-Karabakh, regional issues, as well as the Armenia-EU partnership agenda were discussed during the meeting. Last week, we reported that EU special representative to the South Caucasus, Toivo Klar, had arrived in Yerevan um, over the past weekend, he met with Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan and Foreign Minister Arat Mirzoyan. The humanitarian, environmental and energy crisis in Gharapagh, as well as the process of normalization of relations between Armenia and Azerbaijan, were uh, discussed during those meetings. On February 28, Armenia's Deputy Defense Minister Garem Brutian met with his Russian counterpart Alexander Fomin in Moscow. A number of issues related to bilateral cooperation and regional security were discussed. On February 27, the UN Working Group on the Use of Mercenaries, which was in Armenia between February 20 and 27, issued a report on its findings. During a press conference, the members of the Working Group announced that the UN had sent allegation letters to Azerbaijan 
Azerbaijan and Turkey for involving mercenaries in the war unleashed against Artsakh in 2020. During their visit to Armenia, the group also collected information on two Syrian mercenaries who stood trial in Rapan after the 2020 war. The members of the working group welcomed the fact that Armenia has ratified the UN International Convention against the recruitment, use, financing, and training of mercenaries. The working group has submitted a request to pay a visit to Azerbaijan, but has not yet received a response. This week, the National Security Service of Armenia announced that work is still in progress to retrieve the bodies of two Armenian servicemen that were killed during the September 13, 14, 2022 Azerbaijani attack against Armenia. The NSS reported that following the 44-day war, 442 bodies were returned to Armenia by Azerbaijan, 225 of those bodies of soldiers killed in September of last year. March 1 marked the 15th anniversary of the brutal crackdown by the government on protesters following presidential elections in 2008 in Armenia. Ten people were killed in the events that unfolded on the night of March 1. A memorial commemorating the victims of the crackdown was opened in Yerevan on March 1. After Pashinyan came to power in 2018, one of his main promises was the full investigation of those events and holding those responsible accountable for their actions. Second President Robert Kocharyan stood trial. Uh, he was charged for the overthrow of constitutional order, but he was later acquitted of those charges. This week, the Armenian government decided to allocate over 1 billion Armenian drones. This is over $2.5 million to the Ministry of Territorial Administration and Infrastructure to finance the construction of a new metro station in Yerevan. This will be in the Achapnyak district. Dikran Avinyan, the deputy mayor of Yerevan, said that the first stage of the design has been completed, and according to preliminary calculations, the construction of the Achapnyak station will take four years. And hopefully in those four years, they'll fix the transportation issues in general <laughs> in the city. Anyway, moving on, Forbes magazine listed two Armenian companies, Crisp and Podcastle, in its list of 14 mind-blowing AI tools everyone should be trying out. According to the magazine, the emergence of a new breed of generative AI tools like ChatGPT has made it clear in recent months that it is no longer something that is only in the realm of academic research or Silicon Valley tech giants. It goes on to say that far from simply being the latest viral sensation, AI has truly become a technology that any business or individual can leverage to revolutionize the way they work or go about any number of their activities. And Maria, is this a good time to announce that we're publishing a tech magazine? Perhaps, yes. We're very excited and sort of been keeping it under wraps, but we're hoping that for, not, we're not hoping, in May we will be publishing a real publication made in of print. paper. <laughs> in print. Of a tech magazine that we're calling 374. And yeah, we'll be talking about that more as we move on and about our media festival at the end of May. So hold on to your hats for all of the good things that are coming along. And on that note, we're finally ending our weekend review with some good news. Happy news. <laughs> Armenian gymnast Artur Davtian won gold medal in the vault during the Gymnastics World Cup 2023 held in Germany. Last fall, Davtian made headlines when he won the Gymnastics World Championship in England. He was the first gymnast, Armenian gymnast, to earn the title in the history of independent Armenia. And that's the kind of week it's been here in Armenia. Thank you for listening. Have a safe and peaceful weekend. And we will be back again next week. Mm-hmm.